Come on. Ah, Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA Spirit of the Race Award. You're tuned into the Check Engine Podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm, and we are streamed worldwide on all of your favorite streaming platforms. My name's Nick, and joining me are my two good friends and co-hosts, Andrew and Tristan. What's going on, fellas? Oh, not much. Um, I... I'm still experiencing uh, the occasional thrill from our interview from our last episode, though, in all honesty. You you stole my thunder, man. I was going to say, I'm still on a high from from the Bozy episode. I was just good. I mean, it's so interesting. Tristan, I'll let you talk in a moment. It's just so interesting <laughs> to, to, to talk to someone who um, not only has clearly like done things, but is actually willing to talk about them openly. Yeah, it was... Uh... One of the comments I had received from a couple of people who listened to it was that he was just so open to talking and like didn't need to be led by the nose. Um, and that's you know, I wouldn't go as far as say welcome change. I think we've had a, a, a fair few talkative guests, but um, but they were pleased with how well that uh, that interview flowed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's something we're we're always nervous about before we get a guest on. Um, we could but, go uh, hours just talking to him about his story coming over from um, from Yugoslavia too. Like, yeah, the fact dude comes over as a civil war refugee, learns English in four months, and now is a journalist. Yeah, that's <laughs> is, really something. Is crazy. I mean, we're we got to have him back and talk about definitely. Our stuff. But anyway, he is not on again this week, and we actually don't have guests. It's just the three of us this week. What is on tap for tonight? Anything special? Uh, no, nothing special. Um, we we don't have a theme. We don't really have uh, anything cogent. We're just going to see what happens. That sounds like fun. Because, well, never mind. I, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead of it, but like the dumbest thing happened last week for April fools. And, and that's where we're going to start. And then we're just going to see where it goes. Andrew's very favorite time of year. Yes. Your, your favorite holiday, right? Andrew, April fools. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) I I hate it. So I hate everything about it. It's not just that it's horrible and unfunny and not entertaining. It's also that, people try to take it seriously or people there's like this new shift where it's like, Ooh, we're not doing April fool's day. Look how good we are as a corporation. It's like, well, if you hadn't been dicks in the first place, maybe you wouldn't need to do this now because no one likes you. (laughs) Specific branded mind. No, no, not really. I mean, do we want to talk about, um, Volkswagen? That's, I mean, yeah, obviously that's what I'm talking about. So that's a, um, that's a starting spot for, for anyone who might've missed it. 
Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get like the date where this happened or this announcement happened. So basically, in the lead up to April Fools, either through just blinding incompetence or really truly bad planning, uh, Volkswagen leaked or announced one or the other. There's there's no difference nowadays, by the way, um, that they were changing their name to Volkswagen, as in electricity. Just um, for the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and, and, and they played along with or they tried to string people along with this, but a, no one believed it from the jump and, and B they didn't actually on contraire. Like it got reported as fact everywhere. Oh really? Maybe it's just who I follow on Twitter because literally everyone that I follow on Twitter was saying, this is absolutely not true. And here's why their PR people are not responding to emails. This guy who will talk to you for hours about the tiniest little thing. He, he hasn't picked up his phone. Like they're all just like, no, absolutely not. Never. It might just be who you <laughs> followed. Cause not only did we get got, I'll say it. I posted it on, on our Facebook page, but so did Yahoo finance, CNBC car and driver, auto week like I, every I feel major like, publication posted it and i think it's because it came out before april fool's day if it would have come out on april 1st people would have been like okay but the fact that it came out like the 28th or 29th and then everybody was mum about it was like okay maybe there actually is something to it well it was funny one of one of my my co-workers asked me about it like whoa what do you what do you think about this and it's like ah m- my take was always that sure they might be quote-unquote actually changing the name but it was it would be like when ihop actually changed their name to ihob yeah <laughs> like you know where it's not they're, they're not actually going to change a company name long term it's all just a marketing thing for a short amount of time like we are legally Volkswagen for six months while we announce a bunch of ID electric cars and then we'll go back. It's fine. Like that's that was always that was always my take on it was that it was not going to be permanent, but that it was going to be a publicity thing from day one. Now, that is interesting because I legit. Well, I, I feel like road and track might not road and track car and driver. You said Nick was a place that like published it and was like, oh, it's happening. Um. That and others, like I said, so I remember. I, mean, it was, I think it was, it was business business articles too, like CNBC and Yahoo Finance, and a whole well, bunch, yeah, of, bunch of people ran with it. Um, I I do think it was Car and Driver who kept publishing articles. Like re, they they do a lot of reposting of their own stuff, and I also think it was them who wrote like a follow up, like confirmed it's real, and um, twice, <laughs> and and Rory yeah. Carroll amongst other people I follow was just like, no, absolutely not. It this is not happening. Um but I got to make a fun meme out of it that I enjoyed. And um, I I don't know. It's it's to me, this is really stupid, especially if on actual April 1st, Reuters is going to report the following that Tesla is going to, or, or that Tesla is going to have to, or has agreed to sell Volkswagen green energy credits in China because they do not comply they don't make enough electric vehicles to comply with environmental regulations in China. So they have to buy credits from Tesla Volkswagen. Great. You, you, you really did it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why the push was always going to be, you know, in the U S was always, you know, qualified that way. 
but man, man, it was stupid. I'm trying to, th- I, was there any other car related? I'm trying to remember outside of the Volkswagen thing. I think April fools was kind of quiet for, for car manufacturers. I, I did not even actively check because I, I've like I've, I've progressed far past the I don't care. I don't I don't know what's past that, but that's where I'm at right now. Active distaste. Uh well, I mean I, f- I feel like that's first. Um Let's see. I'm just trying to figure out if there's anything worth talking about in stuff or or stuff that I saw that that people did. Um Let's see here. Skoda Intune software, which monitors people singing and automatically corrects out of tune notes in real time. That's stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Porsche said that they would sell patina paint. Okay. Like paint your 911 rusty, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Listen, this that is all right. that's what I'm saying. Don't, it was a quiet. It was a no, quiet but, April Fool's. Don't give me this. There, this is the bar. Like, there's no, there's nothing better than this. There's nothing above this. This is what all April Fool's Day brand pranks are. This is this is not anything other than absolutely expected. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you've got the, the Skoda's remedy for the tone deaf is what this this article calls it. Then Volkswagen, um, but then there is also a, <laughs> Alfa Romeo's real life Instagram filter. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. If you're up, if you're upset that you might not get the La Dolce Vita experience, uh, winding roads in Tuscan sunshine, uh, the car maker has got something for you. The new light Nuova Loce technology, which uses state-of-the-art electrochromic electrochromic glass to basically put Instagram filters on your windows, um, in the much more obviously a an April Fool's joke, um, and not something that I wouldn't put past Alfa Romeo, um, is Catrum's uh, uh, Seven Lube, uh, with the tagline "Slip yeah. into your seven. Oh, uh. No, <laughs> to no. assist no. assist with uh, assist with uh, ingress to your doorless catrum. So, you <laughs> absolutely absolutely vile. <laughs> Did you see uh, IMSA's attempt? Did you see their press release? No, what they do? Um, they announced that the 2022 Rolex or 2022 Roar before the Rolex 24. So the preseason test to utilize a Ricky Carmichael designed motocross circuit. Okay. I mean, they, <laughs> no, they, honestly, they, that's like, I, I, I don't know. What do they want from me? <laughs> they had a, they tried at, uh, some, uh, Photoshop here to put DPI cars jumping over a triple jump, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Why do they do this? 
what is this meant to? All right. So, so I, I think the biggest thing I saw in, I guess the wake of the Volkswagen thing, I barely want to call it that no one, I don't think anyone really bought it. And I think any, any publication that did actively play into it was also very clear that it was fake, but was just doing the meme thing. But in the best case scenario, right? Let's say that this Volkswagen thing went perfectly as, as it could. Everyone in the entire country 100% believed that Volkswagen was changing their name to Volkswagen. What, what does that help? Who is that for? Um, they would argue it's just for fun, but no one had fun. I bet you some people did. <laughs> I bet all you right, some people listen, did. All right, all right. Like just because you didn't or just because we didn't doesn't mean nobody did. No, I, I actually firmly believe that it does. Listeners, if you got the best kick out of this Volkswagen thing, if you thought this was the wasp's clit, if you thought this this was just the funniest shit you've ever heard in your life, please send us a letter or something. Reach out so that I can tell you that you are dumb. That's a personal promise from me to you. I will tell you that you were stupid. If you please just contact the show and then I can tell you you're dumb. So we don't get to let Andrew talk about April Fool's Day anymore. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, we should just (laughs) skip any April Fool's Day. uh, Anything moving forward. mm, Fine, whatever. Hate on hate on my honest interpretation of something so stupid. In your opinion, (laughs) objective reality nope (laughs) Uh, whatever um the only other thing that happened on twitter that i thought was interesting uh was bradley brownell brownell um or bc brownell did a one like for one take tweet thread that's okay long (laughs) It's very, it's very long. It spanned one, two, three, four hours. <laughs> that is a long time <laughs> on on Twitter. On Twitter, uh, mostly he's uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know who he is. Um, he uh, uh, works with Radwood, Radwood, and um, does automotive writing and stuff like that. And so a lot of these were car focused takes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to get to like the, the where it all started on his thread. <laughs> uh, his, it first, all began. his first take was that the Ferrari Daytona is ugly. And if you like it, your eyes are broken. Um, Tristan, as our Ferrari knower. <laughs> yes. Can you can you point it out? Uh, can I point out a Ferrari Daytona if yeah. I saw one in a lineup of two what? cars? Could you pick it out? Uh, yeah, it's the one that kind of looks like a Jag. It actually. Oh, my God, yes. it actually is. He's right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. That's the only reason I know. It's um, almost like a mix between a Jag and like um, a C4 Corvette. Um, yeah, <laughs> the convertible version or the a spider, as they call it. A little yeah. bit. I'm not saying it's exact. It's a. It's not a spitting image, but it's like it kind of reminds me of that. It's like a, if a, an old Jag and a C4 had a baby. 
I hadn't thought about the C4 until just now. But you're entirely right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that's so, just like where it started. I, I won't read every single one, but that that one specifically got me thinking. A, which I think we've talked about in the show before, there are actually a lot of ugly Ferraris. And it just reminded me how stupid I think. What, what's that one Ferrari? Like the something GTO, the one that keeps selling for $110 billion every uh, other year. This is oh, not a failure, yeah. by the way. Um, th- that car, that car is super ugly. I think that thing, it looks like ass. Yeah, I don't think, I think Ferrari has a very high miss to hit ratio as far as good looking cars. I mean, they, they got some bangers too, but I mean, this, the GTO, I would say the GTO is better than the Daytona. I like, I think this I don't think my eyes are broken at all. I do think this is ugly. Well, then then yeah. Bradley well, then your eyes your here. eyes are working. Yeah, yeah my eyes exactly. are, I said I don't think my eyes are broken at all. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But yep. like they also put out some bangers like the FA Tributo is gorgeous any way you look at it. You that know? is a good looking car. That's true. Like but you're right, Tristan. I, I think you, you know, the F40 was great. The F50, what did we call it? A bent fork with nostrils? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's here, kind of 50 50 what you're going to get from Ferrari. But here's here's a take uh, Brownell had that I really, really liked. I think he knocked someone out of the park. Uh, all new cars should be made to order. Dealer inventory schemes have ruined car culture. And as this is the season of car culture on the Check Engine podcast, I have to say, I completely agree with him. Okay, I don't disagree, but I, I need I need more. Show show your work. Well, all right. So I just bought a new car, and um, on the lot there were three similar models. So essentially, um, the N line Elantra comes with one available interior with a very narrow set of options, right? It's essentially a few cosmetics and like the cargo net and the, then, you, you know, the, all that other stuff, the health, the first aid kit, shit like that. But the fact that those cars have such a narrow options list is a result of the fact that Hyundai and, and every other manufacturer tends to spec their new car orders to what they know will sit on lots for the least amount of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the options on one of the very few options on my car is a electronic, like mirror that does the garage thing and auto tints and all that stuff. But that's speaking of side note, entirely entire side note to that. I actually just set mine up my home link rear view mirror. Yeah. I have never been more surprisingly pleased by a piece of car technology. <laughs> yeah, I actually I really want that mirror, my, by the way. <laughs> I, can open, I can open my garage door from, like, work. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so Wait, do you want to do that? No, but certainly, like, the bottom of my driveway, you can open the garage door, which is really saying something. The important thing is he could if he wanted to. Yeah, he could but if he wanted correct. to. Correct. Correct. Versus having having to repeatedly mash the button until the battery warmed up enough in my previous one mm. <laughs> over the winter uh, about fifteen or twenty times to get the garage door shut. Yeah, so it's it's a great a, little a welcome, thing. A welcome change. Anyway, I definitely so I want know. it. But um, continue. Yeah. So um, 
I it, basically between like the R spec, the Velocity R spec is in the last car, and the N line. What essentially Hyundai does is strip out a lot of the options and and make it specific to the trim line. So if you want, um, leather seats, then you have to get the Elantra Limited. If you want the performance package, you have to get the N line. If you want essentially their best deal, you have to go with you know whatever it is like the I want to say SE or whatever the, like the middle SEL, something like that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. But that compartmentalization has made it so that there are fewer options available. Say, what if I had wanted, for example, an end line with leather, I couldn't get it. It's not possible. <clears throat> or what if I'd wanted an end line with uh blinker lights on the mirrors, which is a feature on the limited, but not on any other model, just little stuff like that. And I feel like I'll, if you were to be able to order new cars, the way you wanted them. This is just a little niggle with the car that kind of annoys me. So the exterior of my car is called lava orange. That's the paint color. Mm -hmm. It looks red 90% of the time, except if you're sitting in the car where all of the trim is actually red. But wouldn't it be awesome if the trim in the car matched the paint color? I feel like that stuff begins to open up if you can order the car the way you want it. I mean, obviously, that's sort of like higher end stuff, but even just, you know, like the little inserts, that stuff could be color matched like it is in other cars I've done, like the Kona. You know what I mean? Like there's evidence of them doing this before. And I feel like individual orders per each new car would allow for more customization like that. So, okay, yeah, a couple of things to unpack there. I think in theory, yes, it's. It's um, a good thing. I think where I'm hesitating is, and I guess now, you know, you see it with Carvana, you get a week or two weeks to drive and you can return it or something like that, like a risk-free trial period. But it's like, it's still the idea of just building it and getting it without driving it first. I think that's just something mentally that myself and maybe some other people are just going to have to get used to. That doesn't mean car lots are going away because what are we going to do with the trade-ins? There's still going to be a used car market. Right. So just because you have to, everything's ordered a la carte. I mean, you're still at some point probably going to have a dealership experience. Yeah. The thing you mentioned, the customization piece, I'm almost thinking of like a hybrid in between what you're saying, because what you're saying is, you know, just in your case, I want the trim on the interior to be lava orange to match the exterior. Mm-hmm. That is custom made just for you, probably because that's not a co- color that's even offered, right? So that jacks the price way up. Now, if there's well, no, options- but what I'm saying is it gives you if each uh, if each car is made specifically, if each interior is made specifically, it's not a matter necessarily of creating like whole interiors it would be a simple matter of changing out thread you know what i mean mm-hmm. changing out a stitching thread snapping in a different plastic insert where if the car is made to order with say that's option package three or something like that sure, right because right. the, ca- the car only comes in four colors one's mm-hmm. black and one's white so that's option package three orange lining like i said they've, they've done it on other cars before so i know it's something that they are aware of but I just wonder if something like this would open a door to add something like that, a, a small amount of customization on regular cars and thus ignite people's interest in the cars that they're buying. And that's always been my my question slash depending on the answer 
argument <laughs> um, is that I don't know why all options aren't available on all cars. Why some are only restricted to like a higher trim because there are people like me out there. And that that's my question is, I guess how many people there are like I would pay 800 extra dollars for an option, but I won't pay three grand more for a higher, a higher tier vehicle. I'll just skip it. Right. So, right. They're, they're, so they're missing out on selling me options and accessories because they don't make them available on the lower trim cars. Now, I know the option, you know, the flip side of that is that some people will be like, well, I guess I really need that thing. I better bump up to the premium tier. But I, I'd be curious to see how often that happens because, like, I know, like, I would have paid for the ventilated seats and the heated steering wheel on my car, but you have to get the premium version. Which the problem with that is that the premium version also takes away stuff. Like, right. you don't. You, it's like you don't get the full size spare. Like that. You know, that, like that kind of thing. It's like I can't get exactly the car I want because they're all siloed into. Oh, you know, touring gets this, premium gets this, Onyx gets this. Like in my case, we, and th- there's stupid stuff that like doesn't impact. Like, like Nick, you mentioned like you know you'd still want to test drive it. Well, okay, you can put a basic model in with the right engine and transmission, and you know put a seat in the dealer in in the dealer building. And be like, here's the leather ones. Here's the, in my case, you know, StarTech ones. Here's the cloth ones. Like, sit in the seats and then drive the basic car and make your choices. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't need to have this huge dealer inventory of stuff that isn't quite exactly what anybody wants to buy. And we've done a, quite a few episodes that revolved around, well, maybe not quite a few, like two or three, that revolved around car configurators. That is like one of the most annoying things ever on a configurator is you choose one option and here comes the pop-up. To get that, you also have to get this, but that means we have to subtract this and there's like a paragraph or just like 30 bullet points because you clicked one option. Mm -hmm. So it's just like if everything was a la carte, hey, I want this engine, I want this transmission, and then I want these seats and these rims, like, okay, to get these rims... You can't have, you know, side mirror turn indicators. It's like one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Yeah, like, that's I something, something entirely unrelated. Like, yeah, I get I get like, oh, if you want the tow package on your pickup truck, you have to get the different rear end ratio because that's the only way you can reliably tow that much. OK, perfect. That get applies. It. Get it. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get that separately without the tow package in case you want more pickup or you're not towing stuff. Let's say you're hauling a bunch of stuff in the bed, whatever. You want the different ratio. You can have it. Cool. But Tristan, if you want that tow package, you're only going to get two USB ports in the front, not three. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No sense. <laughs> what, the, what does that to do with anything? <laughs> so, to the, yeah, I guess I could get on board with that. I think that's just more of a me problem, just trying to get used to the not quote-unquote traditional way of buying a car. Well, I also think it's, well, I mean, it, it wasn't the tradition, right? It, if we're talking about buying a car in definitely the 50s, 60s, 70s, I assume at least part of the eighties, but probably that's when it started to fall off. Like true mass production, true, uh, just pumping out shit cars for everyone. Um, you could still order your, 
you know, Mustang with your selection of interiors and your selection of features on it. That's kind of what's so interesting about older cars to me in a very limited capacity, right? This, um, a Pontiac Grand Prix is one of 300 made in black, one of 75 made in black with a wood steering wheel, one of 50 made in black with a wood steering wheel and AC. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it yeah. gets so it gets so granular that that actually kind of becomes interesting. Well, it's something that like, there's even a term for it that you don't do anymore <laughs> that you can't do anymore. Um, like I remember my dad relating stories to me about my great grandpa as I think exactly where I come from. Uh, he's the like Dudley family proto gadget geek. Mm-hmm. Like if it was a cool thing, he wanted to have it. So like he would just go through and buy a car and quote unquote, you know, check every box on the option sheet. <laughs> like it used to be literally a sheet of paper. Like you're buying your car. What options do you want on it? And, you know, again, I haven't lived in this time. I haven't purchased a car in this time, but the way that it's been described to me and the way that that turn of phrase is still used like, Oh yeah, he checked every box on the option sheet. No, he didn't. Cause he can't. <laughs> he got the limited. You know? Yeah, he got the limited, which has a lot of stuff. But did he get a full size spare? No, mm. sir. You know, like you know, it's it's, it's it's back to a time when, yeah, I think you, know, I think the whole premise is strong, where that it it has an impact on car culture because instead of you know the comparison that I have, obviously you need some help with your car, but it's cooking your own food versus going to like not a not a nice restaurant because they'll customize a lot of stuff for you but like you know yeah uh, you know, noodles and company <laughs> you know it's like nicer food they'll customize some stuff for you but it's not like you do it at home where you know when the recipe says you know salt and pepper to taste that's your taste and you can and you can choose that um and no we're not talking about coach building every car and you know you know given every you know every elantra the rolls royce treatment but you know having a a checkable option sheet does have some appeal you know i wonder what the base price for something like this is right because there's evidence of brands being able to make a profit on cars with customization options like this at around like 35 to $40,000. So I'm thinking specifically of Camaro and Mustang being the two recent, ever since the Mustang was introduced, it's had a bevy of paint schemes, racing stripes, uh, louvers, and you know, just all this shit that you can get on the car. And of course, yeah, but if generally, you get the lo- but if you get the louver, you don't get the first aid kit. Well, the you, whole thing is gen- Generally, with those, it doesn't extend to like interiors. They may have three mm-hmm. or four interiors. But I'm specifically thinking of that couple of years where they made, gosh, I think it was not the first Mustang revival, but the re the second generation when they had the um, the Boss 302 and that other special edition, the red and gray uh, Laguna Seca Laguna Seca Speaking. edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in in the couple of years where they made those, you could actually get those packages or elements of them, specifically the boss, because Laguna Seca was like a full race redo with a different ECU and stuff. You could get elements of the boss package 
on a regular car with stickers and, and different running boards or the louvers or, or the paint or whatever, but you could just have that on your regular V8 Mustang. You know what I mean? And I, and I think there's a place for this, but I do think that in reality, if we're actually talking about this idea as a practical thing, it's probably just above what average people would pay for a car. Although saying that the average monthly car payment is like 600 bucks. So <laughs> that's actually, if that statistic is true and not just one that you grabbed makes me, makes me feel good. Cause I yeah, felt like I was very good. I <laughs> felt like I was, uh, you know, rocking the boat a little bit with mine and it comes $163. So. Not as good, but I'm still under <laughs> 563 <laughs> lease payments are an average of 450 uh, used used car average monthly payment 397. If the average lease payment used is used is 397 for hundo. Wow. OK, so now my trade in was unique because I actually had like positive equity because I traded in a three year old pickup for a right three year old focus ST. But I'm like half of that <laughs> for my payment. <laughs> So I yeah, feel I'm really gonna, good. I feel I'm really good about payment stuff. on the podcast, but <laughs> well, I, I don't care. Yeah, no, I I was stunned at how high that was. So uh, I mean, that is crazy. There's no good way to calculate what the MSRP of a 560 whatever dollar car is because it could be a 70 month. Uh, you know, it could be a 60 month. It could be a 24 month. However. I would I would imagine that the cost for cars like the, the point at which it becomes viable for manufacturers to offer a broader range of options on the cars is probably like f- the $40,000 range. That would be my guess. Speaking of speaking of price points like that, another thing that I I lament frequently is the fact that like the everyone's favorite phrase, you know, from Nineteen thousand nine ninety five or whatever. Mm, I mean, mm. they actually don't exist. Like the the base model would be that you know would be that amount of money. But like, we're talking about dealer stock. Like they won't order it without like at least one option on it, so it can't be that price. The convenience like, package. Like, like my like my Onyx like. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I just want the base model. I just want the Onyx. I, well, I'm, I'm in it for the engine and the space and the fact that it's all black. That's all that's all I want. And they're like, well, um, you can only get them in the base package as long as you also get the moonroof, wireless charger, and rear automatic braking system. Huh? Well, then is that the, is that the base model then? Well... No, but that's like we we only order those. You could custom order it, but like it would have to be a custom order. And if you're custom ordering it, like the incentives that they would give you for just buying one off their lot more than wipe out, you know, the cost of those added items. Yes, so, very true. Yeah, it's like so I've got those things for probably less than I would have paid for a base model, but it's just you know, so in the end, it did it hurt me? Probably not. But it's just weird that like you just can't go buy a car. Like the Volkswagen, you know, the, the the new Jetta would be, I think, a fantastic deal. At example, nineteen nine ninety eight. I looked it up the other day for reasons. Um, 
and like it's 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 well reviewed like it's you know it's a nice car for under 20 grand and it's a volkswagen and i dare you to find one i, I bet you would never be able to get one <laughs> that Almost that's certainly not. a whole whole other option discussion to be had but well rental, so, so rental car mm, places get them yeah yeah that's actually a good that's point. probably what they make them for huh that's a good point well actually my car is not a base model clearly because it's the n-line but it is the most basic version of the n-line because the only thing like the the only thing in the ad column off the base MSRP was the cargo net and the stupid uh, first aid kit. So, yeah. which I already had, but um, even then, even in that case where there's essentially one version of this trim line, there are no additional packages. There's still something to, to add on to the price. Right. It is weird. I, I, I imagine if we were to get, you know, in a conversation with someone from Ford or Toyota and talk about this kind of thing, like, Hey, remember when everyone used to just check the box? Why did you guys go away from that? I would wager that they would say, well, we took all of the data from all of those people who were checking the boxes. And we found that, you know, a lot of the people who checked this also checked this. We found all those trends and we decided to make additions just to make it easier for everybody. I mean, that might be part of it. I don't I don't think it's that I don't think there was that fine a point on it, especially not at the time when this started. They literally just did it because the economy of scale for a factory pumping out 10,000 of the identical car with a different paint color is so much better than a a factory that's pumping out in that same time, probably 7000 cars with tiny little differences. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the moral of the story is um, that Twitter thread was correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, that was just one of his takes, but um, I like this game. I what other takes does he have? Particularly Glom. Well, what's, what's I don't want to steal all his takes. I mean, that well, we can discuss the them like this. this. I think it's fun. Discussion. Do we have do we have any takes? Andrew's already got a take. Andrew's I already say all mine, though. Yeah, I, Andrew, I've already said all mine. Andrew wears his on his sleeve. See episode one through whatever number this is inclusive. One twenty one. Sounds good. I don't keep track of them that way. Nick does. I keep track um, of them by season. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, I don't have any like super hot takes. I, 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 I stick on one for years. So, you know, the whole C8 thing, I'll be riding that for a long time. And to, to the grave, yeah. Um, also, that's not a hot take. You're just, you know, you, you're just a jean short guy. It's a take. Um, I here's here's one that I learned uh, many years ago when I was road tripping myself back from who the hell knows where. Um, I feel like everyone has a road trip food, or you know, but not not just like snack stuff. I'm talking about things that you should not probably eat while you're driving that you're going to eat while you're driving because you got it in a drive through. So hence clearly they intend for you to keep driving. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) In some small ass backwards town. uh, I don't even remember where it was. Like I literally don't remember the state this was in, 
I encountered a uh, Little Caesars that had a drive through. So I drove through Little Caesars and got a pizza. And Little Caesars pizza, because it has a very thick bottom crust that's very sturdy, is actually the most perfect food to eat while you are driving. It's funny. It's almost like the opposite of that story you told about your dad eating like a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was like peeling apart a full chicken. Like, never do this. (laughs) Never do this. But definitely do this. And this is eating a little Caesar's pizza. (laughs) Well, see, because the thing is right there, they're, I mean, like it's the hot and ready or whatever. So they're never that hot, although they are ready. So what that means is that like the cheese is not molten. And the sauce is not it's dripping. Warm, yeah, it's yeah. a warm pizza. And you're right; and it doesn't what, flop. Exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't flop. You can you can hold it easily with one hand from the crust. It's it's perfect. Although they do put, um, uh, it's not. They put cornmeal on the bottom of their pizza so they don't stick yes. to the slider. To the that ovens, will yeah. get in your car and you it will never leave. It is the same as glitter, indistinguishable. Once that's <laughs> in your car, it's there forever. But aside from that short little, or, you know, that small little exception, it is the perfect food to eat in your car by miles. Nick, what's your what's your go-to I'm the driver, got to keep driving food? Well, it's, it's something it's usually something caffeine related, but like I honestly no, no food, Nicholas, not, yeah. not energy drinks. Those are not food, not no gamer what you fuel. Might think. Well, if you want to keep driving, <laughs> no, no, just like I'm the driver. I'm still going to be in the driver's seat, but I got to eat. Oh, what are you um, what are you holding in your hand or your lap or the dashboard? You or know what whatever? I just talked about? Yeah, I, I usually <laughs> go. I usually go with like a quesadilla from Taco Bell. It's not I as like messy. Got, I feel like they got big drip potential, though. It has potential, and it's happened before. Uh, I will say this. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. Um, <laughs> I will say this, though. There's a there's a certain candy bar. I think, Tristan, you probably know this about me because you've known me long enough. Um, that it's not sold. I think we might have found it when we were on our way up to... Um, door county and we stopped where did we stop in like in cedarburg yeah yeah um i found it in that one um shop but it's only available in like off the beaten path little towns and off the beaten path little stores or gas stations a candy it's a, bar it's a zero bar oh no those are everywhere walmart has them do they have them now nick, nick i have good news for you good because <laughs> usually the only time i have them is on a road trip because i'll find them at a Casey's general store, you know, five miles off the highway. No, that, that is a good point though. They usually don't have them at like our main gas stations around here. Like mobile you usually don't get them. No, but when I see them, I got to buy like a dozen. <laughs> Cause then I'll have one or two for the rest of the road trip and back home. And then I'll stash the rest, rest in the pantry, you know, to get me through the next year until I go on another road trip. <laughs> and find, find another one. And find yeah. him again. So that'll Nick probably be mine. Up to the z- register with the retail packaging. Yeah, just the, the pack box. <laughs> so that's what? White chocolate, right? And white um, chocolate and nougat and caramel. That's good. Or should I say caramel? Caramel. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> think there's a difference between those two things, by the way. You think? I don't know. I made that up. That sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, right now. Mine's the caramel mine's the peanut old, butter and almond 
nougat covered in a layer of white chocolate fudge. Introduced in 1920. Was it called the Zero what? Bar in 1920? Hell no. There's no way. It said Zero Bar introduced in 1920. Anyway. Wow. That really seems like... So, that. I swear to God, I, I thought that would be like a 2000s introduction simply because Zero would have been like the a part of like the, the diet push. You know what I mean? Like this candy bar, obviously it's not because it's a candy bar, but like this candy bar has zero of something. Right. Something I can, I can see where you're coming from, but my dad actually introduced them to me and he said this, it was one of his favorites when he was a kid. So definitely not introduced in the two thousands. Crazy. Wow. Now, he was not born in the 1920s. <laughs> it, it was, was around close. when he was a child. <laughs> so anyway, we're not a food podcast. Although speaking of car eats. Okay. Um, <laughs> that just reminded me of something I've been wanting to talk about in this podcast forever. And it is only tangentially related to cars because that's how I was first introduced to it. But it's more a question of like public etiquette. So <laughs> one night, one night when I was, uh, when I was living in Nebraska, there was a, um, I took a wrong turn on the freeway as I was trying to get. And if you do that at a certain place in Nebraska, you end up 20 miles North of, the city of Lincoln and you have to essentially take the same road back or go all the way around the outside to the, you know, to the Northeast or at that point. Yeah. You're out to the Northwest. You got to go back Northeast. Um, and out there, there was like at this turnaround where there's a barbecue place and a subway, the subway was open and it was late and I was hungry. So I'd go through the drive through and order whatever it was like a steak sandwich, something like that. And uh, the guy asked me what I want. And so I'd name the, you know, the, the veggies I want. And then he's like, do you want me to toast the veggies too? And it was a, it was, it was, it was the, the middle of the night's pitch black and a beam of light came down from the heavens <laughs> and struck the car because of this man's powerful emotional question to me because I did want the veggies toasted, but I didn't know how to ask for that. Of course I would want that. Why wouldn't I ask that? Why wouldn't I ask for that? But I didn't know I could. So anyways, had it best subway sandwich I've ever eaten, but I've never asked for this again because I don't know a, how the subway employee is going to react or B how I'm going to look asking them to go meet veggies then cheese because that's how you toast it for optimal flavor on the sandwich i i feel like i can't do it in a subway right that's wrong (laughs) it's not that's not wrong no that's that's i don't know that's i think i fall somewhere in the middle between nick and andrew as far as how much i'm willing to talk to people um (laughs) I'm, i'm i'm willing to make food requests um and like service requests because i'm definitely of the opinion the worst thing they can do is say no and i'm never gonna see this kid again so um (laughs) you know because what if you go to that subway regularly they're never going to know who i am i mean you're pretty unmistakable always a disguise (laughs) (laughs) i keep fake mustaches everywhere (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) 
He's got the mustache sunglasses kit in his glove compartment just yeah. in case. Groucho <laughs> glasses. Hello, sir. I have never been to this subway before. <laughs> Comes in like a SpongeBob Halloween costume the next time. Reagan masks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's just to go like, incognito like, in the like, for example, every time. Like at the grocery store this very day, I like asked the guy behind the meat counter. I was like, "This is going to be a particularly specific pitch, but can I get exactly six pieces of bacon?" I feel like that's so, yeah, I feel like that is a pretty normal request, though, because I've asked for numbers of things at a deli as opposed to a pound weight. I feel like that's pretty normal. But all right, if I'm really being honest here, the reason why I feel like I shouldn't ask for it at Subway is because <sighs> you don't want to mess with the art. You don't want to no, tell the artist how to do their job. All, not at all. I don't think they could handle the request. I think it would break the subway people. Oh, dude, that's like when my dad asked for lots of ice when we were in England. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so we were in England and they are not big on ice cubes. And what kind of what? What? And so we were at a Burger King, which had an ice machine. And you, he could see the like ice machine with the big bucket of ice underneath. And he was just like, I just want an icy drink. So he tells the guy, the poor kid behind the counter, like, I would like a large Diet Coke with lots of ice. And the guy puts in like four cubes and, <laughs> and like looked behind him back at my dad. Like, is that is that good? Is that enough? And my dad was like, no, more, more. And like, then he looked scared. Like, do I need to get my manager to put this much ice in? And that's how I envision you talking to a subway employee. Like they they reach to put the 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 cheese down first, and you're like, uh, 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 no no, veggies and then cheese, and then to- toast the whole. No, don't close it. Toast the whole thing. That's what I envision. I think they'll be able to handle it. I don't know. Maybe I'll try hard. it sometime. It, it is <laughs> it is a it is a real problem that I have to deal with because you had a sandwich artist suggested to you. You have the weight of that authority. But he was just one friend. Actually, he looked not dissimilar from you, Tristan, this guy who in Nebraska <laughs> made my sandwich. And um, it was me. <laughs> I mean, this was Tristan incognito in a subway. Next <laughs> reveal of all time. I, I if that had been true, I would have that would have been the best reveal ever. What surprise? It was me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Does this look familiar? <laughs> Follow a picture of your sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> Is this your that sandwich? Incredibly amazing. But no, I, I just feel like I can't. Ah, I don't know. I got to try it sometime, but I feel I feel a way about doing it. I just I think it's going to end badly and I'm just going to be mad that I even tried. So you just have low, low confidence in food service employees in general. Well, no, I have I, no confidence. I, I, OK, I right. do, especially in the drive through. Yeah. Yeah. Very low opinions of that, um, yeah. which because they yeah, can I haven't screw had good it up lately either. They can screw it up when I put it in the app perfectly. Like even if I'm not ordering through a person, like if I verify my order through the app and it comes out wrong, that's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so that actually just happened to us in a Dunkin' Donuts drive-through. Here, here was our incredibly complicated order. 
medium iced caramel coffee. Zero cream, zero sugar. Got that? Like that's Coke zero sugar. <laughs> it was a large. Received. It was it was a large, not a medium. So they got the size wrong. It was one of those big bathtubs of iced coffee. And on the little receipt that comes on the cup, it says five sugar, five cream. I'm like, how did you get five well, okay. of each out of zero? Oh, no. What happened there is you got someone else's order. <laughs> Still. Like the time, like the, the, that like doesn't the time make it better. we went to Taco Bell and just got blithely the someone wrong thing. Someone else's. Completely yeah. the wrong thing. This, I mean, that's like its own thing. All right. We should probably start talking about fast food. Let's this talk about probably, cars. Hey, this is probably too much. Hey, there is a um, a supercar maker for sale. Who is it? Falcon Motorsports. No, a real one. Falcon it's a, Motorsports. <laughs> it's a real one. Falcon F7 is their supercar. And guys, I mean, we all just chip in a little bit. All you need is $675,000 to buy this company. Andrew, sell your house. No. <laughs> well, that was a down payment. <laughs> Have you seen the Falcon F7? Yes. This looks dumb. Well, it looks like was. a looks like a create a car, you know, like a, a generic uh, create a car supercar placeholder in like a uh, Ubisoft game. Like it would be called the Falcon F7. Exactly that in a game where it's not a real car. Well, Andrew, that's probably why the company is for sale for less than a million dollars. It's not doing so hot. <laughs> like, you don't buy it to sell that specific one. You buy it to rebuild it. Do something better. I'm so not going to lie. You can get it cheap. That, huh? that seems like too much money. What did you say, Tristan, about 2013? All of their advertising is about 2013. <laughs> so. Woof. The 620 horsepower Falcon F7 is 2013's most coveted car, says Bloomberg. This is like trying to like trying to go out and buy Spiker. <laughs> Except less cool. <laughs> Except extremely less cool. I wish Spiker was real. <laughs> they were they were real enough to name a Formula One team about 10 years ago. I know, and they had such. Yeah, cool but Rich design. Energy was real enough to sponsor one, so. Yeah, also true. true. Good point. Touche, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Man, every time I see pictures of the spiker cars that probably didn't exist, I just get so bummed. So nobody, nobody's in on chipping in to buy Falcon. No, we're talking about cool cars now. All right, fine. <laughs> we're talking about the Preliator. Ooh, Preliator, best interior of all time. That's the Spiker. Spiker Preliator, yeah, the C8. Is that the one that's the background image on your laptop, or it was? Yeah. Still is. Preliator. All-time best shifter. All-time best gauges. <coughs> yeah, that does look pretty slick. Airplane switches for everything. That Now, maybe that's a hot take, but more shit in cars should be done with airplane switches. It's not just for mini. <laughs> yeah lamborghini has one of those red um like bomb flip switches underneath their and for their engine start stop the little thumb they switch do. which is pretty mm -hmm. slick um yeah the interior is awesome on this prelude the exterior is okay it looks okay 
I said the interior is awesome. Well, okay. But remember, remember this, this was from the heady days of like 2013. Mm. And then they re-release it again in 2018 and pretended like it was new, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's pretty shifty spiker. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking we're just not going to notice. Well, no one noticed the first time. So why would they notice this time? <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, just what? C- cars that look like placeholders. Uh, Jessica sent me a bunch of things from a Tumblr she found of cars that didn't make it. And okay. I can't stop thinking about this one I just put in chat. Oh, wow, that didn't format properly at all. Why are you not? So, why are you just bringing this up now? We could we could have based a whole episode around this. Uh, it's not really that in depth, <laughs> but. Yeah, I can't click that link on the chat. No, it's because it's, it's, it. it's not a link. Um, right, I got it. But uh, Oh, the thing is... This is lit! <laughs> Look at I that! Can't, but, okay, are there... So, that's the one that I found. There are more pictures of it at the bottom in the gallery. I was, I've yet to scroll... The to Alpha one that, Navajo Bertone, yeah? Yes. Yep, and the, so, the headlights are pop-out headlights on the side. Yeah! It has... Really? Pincers. (laughs) And, like, almost... Why didn't they use this for Back to the Future instead of the the DeLorean? You know. Because it was a concept that didn't make it, and they didn't have any money. (laughs) They couldn't find this anywhere. Oh, look at that font. I'm really really having a problem... I, I just cannot stop falling in love with 70s fonts and color choices. Like, it, I'm just really agreed. It's, it's getting bad. And the, this is really just, cool. The, the the quadrifoil on the back in the like almost in my mind, I thought of it like as like a bullpup spoiler spoiler. That's actually <laughs> yeah. spoiler spoiler. That's over actual like body pieces, not just off the back uh sorry i mean this um, is this is a um, audio medium here so so this car um again the alfa romeo 33 navajo concept by bertone, bertone whatever probably bertone yeah. uh so it's a you know wedge shape uh it it has um a dashing arch- red stripe down it the does st- a red stripe down straight the- down the side it's very very angular lots of trapezoid shape action on the back uh there there are like wheel covers over the back wheels which are noticeably bigger and wider than the front wheels um it's like it's like the car that night rider wanted to be yeah i would agree with and that it's absolutely yeah, like, sick i love it i, I, I love everything it, about my this first my first reaction was who Wow, that's really something. And then I couldn't make it go away out of my head. This is I'm, awesome. I'm snagging pictures. It'll go up on Facebook after this episode is released so you guys can see what we're talking about. But this is awesome. Yeah. It's like, I know a lot of concept cars look cool and they don't make it. And I know why. But it's things like this that like kind of point out to me how much of a shame that is. <laughs> and... Like the world needs wilder cars and I don't, maybe people wouldn't buy them. I don't know, but that's um, my thesis is that more wackos need to release cars and people need to buy them. I always wonder that's your hot take. Yeah, that's my hot take is that 
that aggressive, sometimes offensive car design can be the best. And we need to embrace that more often. And I think people are people are cowards and afraid of failure. And that's why we don't see it. I also think that I've actually I've, I've thought about this a little bit lately because I've been sort of in my mind, like tracing the path of Hyundai and the Veloster and the N line versus what Toyota is doing or trying to do or partially doing with GR. So uh, Mm -hmm. looking at what Hyundai did with the Veloster, when they brought it out, it was like supposed to be like their urban, like appeal to millennials car. Right. And obviously it worked with me. But, uh, you know, it's like, oh, it was styled like a backwards cap, dumb stuff like that. That was really, really mocked when it came out. Mm-hmm. Then they brought the car out. Everyone said, oh, this car looks great. If only it had performance. So they brought out the turbo. Everyone said, oh, wouldn't this be great if it had some more performance? And they brought out the R-Spec and everyone said, oh, no, that's too much performance. So or not the right kind of performance, I guess it was because it was like the ride and stuff like that. Um, so they kind of went away and then they came out with the N, which everyone immediately loved. But in the meantime, what they did was move the Veloster into position where it starts the design for the rest of the car brand between that and the Elantra. If you look at those two cars, as they sit on lots, you know where their next design is going. So it's big grills, the led lining on the lights, the angular nature, the, all of that. That's what they they kind of use those to introduce their design and then bring it to the rest of the line to their mass sellers. And I think that's where car companies get scared of doing something weird, like producing a car that only has three doors for almost 10 years at this point, like through two or three solid iterations that you can't accept. You can't expect that car to sell a million. I think you have to expect that car to be a nice bonus to your Camry. And I think that is a similar tack to what Toyota is trying to do with the GR Yaris, but I'm pretty sure that's doomed to fail because the one thing they did is price it so that if the GR Yaris were to ever come to America, it would cost like $43,000. Yep. They did everything right except the price. Yeah. Everything you hear and about I, the performance of the GR Yaris, like it's all glowing. Like this thing is a little beast. It can handle anything you throw at it. We love it. We love it. We love it. This is great. And then nobody is going to buy it because they price themselves right out of the market. Yeah. Or at least in, in the States. Well, I think it, where it's not coming, but I, I think, I mean, looking at, specifically the Veloster N it's clear to me that Hyundai used that as a loss leader by pricing it low originally where they, they may have been taking a loss in the specific model, but they kept a lot of the tech out of it so that when they brought out the next generation, literally the next model year, the price jumped up by like three and a half thousand dollars because they just shoved all that shit in. Mm -hmm. But people were already invested. People were already looking at the brand like, Oh my God, because every auto reviewer in the world got their hands on that car and went, buy this, buy this and own this. And I I think Toyota has all that they need to do that. 
It's just they keep dipping their toe in Camry TRD, Avalon TRD. It's kind of the same thing. People are getting those cars and being like, um, this is good. Or they're seeing them in parking lots and saying, this looks incredible. We but- we we said that at the Chicago Auto Show. We were walking around and that yep. we were like, hey, these are actually really sweet. Absolutely. Yep. But they, they just got to go. They got to go a little farther. And, and, and I think, you know, pick a lane with the naming, right? TRD, GR, uh, uh, stop. Stop the nonsense. Just do one and then move on from there. Well, I think it's... It's tough to, I, I would almost say that if the GRRs came to the States, I would bet that they would call it the TRD because TRD is like an American thing where GR is overseas. Uh, is uh, It's almost uh, like, you know, the Honda NSX versus the Acura NSX. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, I thought, or, or isn't there something with, well, TRD was originally like off-road, right? Yep, it's off-road and then they applied then it like NASCAR. anything, anything that's in NASCAR, yeah. the trucks, the car, the Camry cup cars the supras they're all trds so that has a foothold here we're like you know the the wec toyota cars that have been dominating le mans the past few years those are gazoo racing like toyota gazoo racing is the official team name so that's like the european thing so there's that lineage there when they if they were to you know rally with the yaris or something over in europe and do that kind of stuff there's where the gr comes in I don't think it's going to have any weight here. If they're going to bring it over here, they're going to change the name. I think they probably have to. Yeah, no, you make a good point. That that's right. Yeah, TRD really is now. What yeah, they- well, in TRD, I mean, TRD is really like we see it as a lot of off-road stuff because that's what they sold here. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's their in-house tuning division, like, like you know, Quattro GmbH AMG. Like, mm-hmm. it's you know, um, it's HPD. their Skunk Works. If yeah, you know, works. yeah, yeah. HPD for Honda because they made a bunch of other stuff. I mean, they they made superchargers for Scions, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, all sorts, all sorts of stuff. But you happen to see, yeah, TRD Pros, um, you know, the TRD Forerunners, that kind of thing. But Wait. they're just their in-house tuning division. I have the answer, boys. I have the answer. Fear not. Uh, from February of this year, some hot news. The difference between Gazoo Racing and TRD is that TRD produces parts to increase the performance of Toyota models, whereas Gazoo Racing focuses on producing factory models that are as high performance as possible. So TRD is bolt on. According to this. Yeah, and Kazoo is, is more along the lines of Quattro GmbH AMG. So. That yes, and that actually does line up with uh what they do, I guess. Yep. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Cleared that one up. <laughs> Hooray I mean, journalistic integrity. <laughs> well yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I think I think there's now a, a new path essentially, right? There the it doesn't have to and performance lines or performance like family cars don't have to begin and end with the Civic SI and then everything Germany makes. I think there's now a proven path to making that work and keeping it consistent. But I'm really interested to see what Toyota does in version two of the TRD cars if they keep them. And Toyota has a 
nasty, horrible habit of just axing that shit after one go around and never seeing it again, which would be super disappointing. Yeah, it's I a agree. lot like it's a lot like Subaru in that way. Of the you know, spec B legacies, um, actual STI branded and produced Foresters. Yeah, kind of they kind of come and go out of the mist, and they're fabulous when they arrive. But having them on a more having them on a more consistent basis would be, I think, a bonus. And yeah, aggressive styling decisions, you know. All those things push push harder, but I guess it's you know hard to justify that when you're selling a bunch of cars. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you view it, right? If you if you want every single one of your cars to sell the most possible, then your philosophy is going to be to play it safe. But if you think that you can keep a base seller and have something for fun, mm-hmm. and you can make that work, I think you got to try it. Um, oh, so I found out something today, uh, that has to do with my new car that I don't know. I don't know what I got to do. So got my car, what a week ago, two weeks ago now at this point, Mm -hmm. um, someone else on my street bought one as well, but they bought a gray one. Do I have to fight him? Only if he bought the same color. If he yeah, bought a did gray, not buy the same he, color. If he bought a gray one, now you need to start forming a gang. Yes. Oh, yeah, the okay. only two options. You, you need fight or fight others together. <laughs> you go around and you start terrorizing people in TRD Camrys. You need to you need to whatever. establish your turf up and down Sunset now. Like that's rubbing yeah. gangs of Elantra ends. Yes, that is exactly. that is your next mission or end lines, as it were. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I think I can do that. <laughs> or at least, well, I wish well, that say, means you have to go talk to him. No, from the no, <laughs> flash, him, flash him the super, super secret N hand sign. I feel like that could get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Something like, I don't know, like that. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> Is that what a lowercase n what you're trying to do? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's not good, but it's not good, it's not but you, you you got it though. <laughs> He's gonna, that dude's gonna be it looking works. across the street like, why is that dude is with arthritis ra- waving at me? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that kid doing that? <laughs> what, what is what is that? Yeah. No, no I, I uh No go ahead. I'm say what I <laughs> the uh we were just, you know, discussing people who bought cars like yours, and then that made me think of people who are going to buy cars that actually aren't like mine because it's the way my brain works. Um, the uh, so I thought the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> so, so the the new Wilderness Edition Outback finally broke cover with like an actual like drivable model. Like here it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put another one on the board for we were right. They made it more and worse. <laughs> more and worse, you say? Yeah. Yep. I mean, like they they added skid plates, an inch of lift, uh, took off two or three miles per gallon and put the tires that I, you know, or uh, the Yokohama version of the tires that I put on my car 
and they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for it. And it's going to be worse. It's going to drive worse. It's going to get worse gas mileage and it's going to cost more. And the only tricky, cool thing is like flip open tow hook points instead of having to poke the holes out of your bumper and an X mode that doesn't turn off at 20 miles an hour. You can just leave it on all the time. Like I, they didn't, they didn't add any of the cool stuff that we were talking about. Like it was like, Oh, it'll be cool if they like go all out and they add like places to mount your Jerry cans and all this other stuff, but they just made it, but they, but they just made it a taller outback that has a skid plate option. Taller, heavier outback. Yeah, like you could you could be stoked for Moab with that. No, no, no you couldn't. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, I didn't say not you, even not even the slightest bit interested in Moab with that. But thing. you could go to Moab in your Subaru and look I the could part. Go to Moab in mine. Well, all right, and watch not... other people be stoked. Yeah, <laughs> could drive there. Secondhand <laughs> stoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, we were right, and I, I was actually like hoping to be Put excited it about it. I was hoping to be excited about the fact that I was like, oh, now I'm gonna have to trade in my car. You know, like I, I got to get one of these. I was hoping for that, but I knew it was going to be disappointing. And to me, it is. It, it, other than the X mode thing, you should have just left it to the aftermarket, like the ones that the the guys put together from like you know Aventura like with the you know professional lifts big bumpers actual skid plates like those look better if you want to do that do it that way don't do it by buying the one from the factory i'm sorry to hear from i'm sorry about your loss yeah r.i.p uh, I, I do see a bunch of people driving your exact car the onyx yes edition. yes i, I saw popular. one just the other day and it was the it was like unlabeled. It wasn't an Onyx. It was actually just an XT, but it was like unlabeled. It was like Subaru Outback XT. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it the touring or is it the premium? Like mine has the Onyx badge. The other ones just say XT, which makes gives it an air of mystery. Ah, I see. So, OK, I should be looking for the Onyx specifically. Yeah, yeah, that one's that one's mine. And that one will actually be labeled as such. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of the uh, the Forester um sports with Those the, yes, with the, with orange, the, with the trim. orange trim yeah the orange or red trim they're everywhere and i don't know how like i really wanted that suv leaving the chicago auto show last year was like this it, you know once marriage and babies come like this would be a really cool one to tow the tote the kids around in and word must have got out because because i thought that there's no less than 74 of them within a three mile radius of where I live. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. They're everywhere. Man, it, it's every so parking bad. lot has two, guaranteed. It's so bad with with the Outback in general. I pulled into a gas station and was the fifth Outback to arrive. <laughs> so I was like, wow. But you said gas station? Yes. Not an REI? Okay. No. No, that's the thing. I would expect it at an REI. <laughs> right. It would be five Outbacks, three or four Foresters, one one Impreza with way too much roof rack. And like a couple forerunners there, like that I get, yeah. But just just a regular gas station. It was like I'm like, oh, Outback number five is here today. Like, oh, 
here's the thing. Speaking of off-roady vehicles, um, driving home from our Easter get-together a couple days ago, I saw my first in-the-flesh new Bronco on the oh street. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. It's actually the guy... Yeah, um, I've actually seen a couple. It was a... It was a four, really? This was the first one I've seen. It was a, a four-door... Had a big roof rack on it, and the guy had it all black on black on black. Tristan looked like yours. <laughs> yeah. um, huh. And it, it, in my opinion, doesn't get better. Like seeing it in person on the road, like I, I, I just can't get into it. It was the real Bronco, not the Bronco Sport. Sure, that's the two door one, presumably. The, the sport, sport is the two door. Tristan, that's a question. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bronco Sport is four door. Okay, then that's what I saw. Which, yes, those are those are not stellar. <laughs> I don't particularly care for those. The, God, I, maybe it's I, because I saw the four door version and it just looks a little bit longer and weirder. And there is, yeah, there is a 2021 Bronco Sport and bronco there are both four doors from what i can see here this configurator is a nightmare but hey there's an uh, there's there's an obx edition andrew mm, how to bring stickers all over my bronco <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i i i've never looked at this page uh because largely because of how forced the meme was but now that I'm here, I'm realizing that, um, first of all, it sucks. And second of all, so there's a customized panel, which is has like the models. And mm-hmm. there's a pick your adventure uh, panel. And much to my surprise, the water uh, page does not, in fact, have the Bronco fully immersed in water, nor does the open air have it diving off a cliff. So I think that this web page is fake. Diving off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> How open is this air really? <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I've not seen one, by the way. I don't know. And I've only seen the regular ones. This is some bullshit. I I mean, I wouldn't get your hopes up, man. Like I, I, I wasn't too impressed by it. Well, all right. To be clear, there's no way for me to truly have hopes for an off roader because I don't. uh, I don't get it. Right. But it sounds like you're excited to see one. And what I'm saying is. Don't be. <laughs> well, OK, but you said that about the. Um, um, the blazer, too, and I love the blazer when I finally saw it in person. OK, but did you dislike it before? Yes. Uh, I did, actually, didn't I? Okay. I did. I did dislike it before. Because, yeah, if and it's something that you thought looks cool and was excited for, I get it. But if you're not excited about the Bronco, I don't know if seeing it on. The, all I'm saying is I don't know if seeing it in person is going to make you more excited. But I guess that's up to you, obviously. So yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. Um, A question, just a quick question about off-road vehicles. Do you think it makes more sense for your third car to be something more practical or less practical? And practical being... I mean, an off-roader, theoretically, is practical versus a, you know, two-seater sports car, which is not necessarily. 
So as a th- so in the third stall. In the, the third garage. stall, yes. I think, I think it depends on how hard you're going in either direction. So, like, I feel like we have at least a decent opportunity in this country, maybe not right here, but in this in this country, to like really utilize a you know, an aggressive real off road vehicle mm-hmm. to to uh, uh, within you know, 20% of its performance envelope, you know, like, you know, you can really, you know, get, get two wheels up in the air and, you know, up to your door handles in mud and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I would say that, you know, that's one you could use, but we don't really have other than like going to a track day. We don't have a lot of places where you can really, enjoy a high performance vehicle that's like way out on the edge um you know you know what would normally be called you know a track day special for that reason um so i would say it's harder for me to say like hey in the third stall you should put an impractical vehicle because it's your pride and joy you love it it makes you happy if it's a high performance car Versus like an off-road car, just because, you know, when are you going to get to use, when, when are you going to let it make you happy other than like looking at it or, you know, quick entrance ramp runs. Um, but if that's really all it gets to do, is that going to make you happy or just sad that you're not going to ever really get to use it um, to its full potential? That's, I think, a lot of the answer to the overall question is which way are you going and how hard? Um, if you're going to go off road, then I would say if you're going to go hard off road, then sure you can go less practical in your third spot. But other than that, I, I vote, I vote practical and then actually less practical for your daily driver. Like, you know, because in your daily driver is where like, I think well, I traded mine in, but you know, I, I don't feel hypocritical for saying it, but like something like your Veloster or a WRX or Nick, you have one, you know, a focus ST, a hotter than normal, more enjoyable than normal. Something that makes you feel a little something on your commute. That's what you should drive every day. Definitely. And then, yes. and then, and, and then you can keep yourself and then either, you have, you know, your basic pickup truck, a big van, whatever, in the third spot as the utility player for like, oh, I got to go to, you know, Home Depot or, you know, I'm, I'm taking the kids on a trip or, you know, whatever. That could be your third stall. So I think there's a solid argument for that. But there's also a solid argument for drive something kind of Andrew, like you and I have now, something that's, you know, practical, but can still bring you joy day to day and then put something really impractical in your third spot that, you know, you can really wring some joy out of, but I think only if you can get joy out of it, which sadly, as much as I'm, you know, I like off-road stuff, but I like on-road stuff. Also it makes me sad to kind of leave out on-road stuff. Really hard edged on-road stuff is harder to, ju- to justify for me. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, probably I would, agree. Too. I would agree. Like reason I didn't go 
for the RS versus instead of the ST. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, so I'm paying four to five figures more depending on model year and mileage and all that kind of stuff, you know, up, up to a good five figures more for a car that has 60 more horsepower, 70 more horsepower. But where am I going to use that extra 60 or 70 more horsepower? Everywhere. Drift stick. (laughs) Tristan's favorite. I'm surprised Tristan didn't chime in with that. And the most uncomfortable seats ever made. (laughs) Oh my God. In the RS? They're so bad. I didn't I didn't have a problem with them. No? Mm-mm. Maybe you have to be tall in a, in a weird twist of fate. I don't know, because it wasn't. It, it was literally the issue of stabbing me right in the hip bones. He also is a very tall, narrow man. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. See, I kind of like that. It kind of folds up around you. It didn't fold See, around me. It just if, sat if right, right at the <laughs> back of my ass. If it's if it's me, it's folding through me. There was no folding. <laughs> it was just pounding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right, is it time to, on Definitely. that note, pounding on Andrew's butt? Just pounding. All right, let's get on out of here for this week oh hey we forgot to mention uh where you can find us on the socials so uh find us on facebook at check engine podcast andrew where can they find us on twitter at check engine pod tristan where can they find us on instagram also at check engine pod so yeah be sure to like follow share post dm reach out how and when you can you can ask us questions to answer on the air you can answer the questions that we have asked of you um excuse me let us know what you like dislike give us topic ideas any of that kind of stuff we look forward to hearing from you so thanks for sticking with us today we appreciate you listening but as i mentioned we don't just want you to listen we want to interact with you we would also like you to leave a review if you get the chance preferably a good one on any of your favorite streaming platforms and or hit that subscribe button for us it's free and all that's going to happen is you get notified when we put out any new episodes If you're really into what we're doing and you'd like to support this podcast monetarily, two options for that as well. We have a Patreon, so patreon.com slash check engine podcast, or right there on our homepage at anchor.fm next to our logo, there is a support button that you can click. So that's anchor.fm slash check engine podcast. Every cent pledged is put towards making this podcast a better experience for you, and none of it goes back into our pockets. So again, thank you in advance if you choose to do that. gentlemen. Who or what are we shouting out before we get out of here? Um, I'm going to thank whatever whatever team of people tuned the um, DCT in my car or this car. Uh, it's just like really, really good. Whatever, wherever, where they've put the shift points in like the normal mode versus the sport mode, which gives you more control, like... It's just, they nailed it. Like, it's so good. It's so refined. I'm so looking forward to driving your car <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it's a good time. We can switch. We can car swap. You can drive the ST for, for a week. I'll drive yours for a week. Then we'll compare yeah. notes. That'd be great. <laughs> um, Tristan, who are you thinking? Or what? Come back to me. I have a couple things I'm working through. 
okay. options. <laughs> like emotionally? Not emotions, but life problems. <laughs> you okay there, pal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to think the sadness, the darkness. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, Alright, I'll come back to you. In the meantime, I would like to thank the Hollywood Brands Candy Company of Minneapolis, Minnesota, who released the Zero Bar, then known as the Double Zero Bar, in 1920. A tasty treat for over a hundred years. <laughs> and one of my favorites. My favorite road trip snack. When was it released? 1920. Wow. Were you checking my nice. math? No, no, no. I was just, I, was just trying, I didn't, I forgot how far back it went. So I was like, was it like 1900? But no, 1920. So I was like, yep. wow, that's cool. Uh, uh, while we're on the, on the, the track of, of thanking brands. Uh, I'll throw this one out there. I'd like to thank thank Purina for uh, creating a lovely object known as the Busy Bone. Um, that's why, hopefully, this time through, we have heard little to no uh, input from our fourth honorary host, my puppy, Casimir. Um, he's been well-occupied. So, so thank you, Purina, for making the Busy Bone. Awesome. Thanks, Purina, for that. And as always, thank you listeners for your continued support. We love hearing from you, we love recording this for you, and we cannot wait to speak to you again. Until then, take care. Take care.